The Bible says, be not deceived. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. All right, it's 4 p.m. on Wall Street. Do you know where your money is? Welcome to Financial Issues, where we align reality with truth. Conservative talk radio you can count on. Financial issues that you need to know. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. We will simply apply to government the common sense that we all use in our daily lives. Analyzing markets and financial news, this is Financial Issues Week in Review. I'm Shanna Burt, your host. If you're watching on Facebook, please share us with your friends and family so that they can hear good biblical advice about how to get your mind right about your money. So that's what we're here to remind you today that nothing that we have is is ours. Don't be deceived by the name on your bank statement or your car title or your uh, your property deed. None of it actually belongs to you. It all belongs to the Lord. We are called to be good stewards and to take care of those things that the Lord has trusted us with. And we're here to remind you of how to do that, to teach you, to give you wisdom. You know, the Lord says that if anyone lacks wisdom to ask, and he will give it abundantly. He loves us. He wants to give us direction in everything that we do so that we can prosper. That's his goal for us. You know, the enemy's goal, the enemy of our soul, his goal is to kill, steal, and destroy. But the lover of our soul wants to see us prosper, and he gives us advice and how to do that. He gives us instruction. So here at the ministry, we do appreciate your continued support. We know it's been a little bit of a rough season as we lost Dan earlier this year. We've it, It's been a little bit of a longer transition that we, than we would like. You know, we would have liked to just pick right back up and continue on. But, you know, we've been seeking the Lord. We've been waiting on His leading. And uh, he, has, he has given us some good direction. So we're getting a lot closer on a lot of the things that you are so eagerly anticipating, like the return of the buy list. We're getting some asset allocation models updated. We're getting some things uh updated on the website. So be patient with us. We know it's caused a little bit of a um, some glitches in the portfolio tracker, but stick with us. We're getting those fixed. We're getting some great resources added. So please don't go anywhere. Um, your support also enables us to make some technology upgrades. So you've seen a little bit of transition in the set here and in the improvement of the quality of the media. And we're going to continue that. So we've got more things coming this week. So stay tuned. Keep us in prayer. And, you know, of course, support us with your uh, with your dollars as well. We appreciate that. So let's take a look at some financial issues. The consumer confidence numbers came out and they came out at 98.7, which was below the expert consensus. Uh, they were expecting them to come in at 100. So the economy continued to show cracks and signs of weakening as inflation just runs rampant. So the 10-year bond is now yielding uh, 1.15%, which is a remarkable increase, uh, almost a 100% increase in bond yields from what we saw just you know six months ago. So in more economic news, we had the April reading of the S&P Case-Shiller U.S. Home Price Index, and it showed a little bit of cooling. 
in what has been a red hot housing market. So as home prices only increase 21.2% year over year, and I say that tongue in cheek, uh, 21.2% increase in home prices is huge. Um, and that's part of what's driving some of the inflation. Uh, that's still still a very uh, super strong number as we have inventory issues, which means that we have fewer homes on the market than people that are looking for homes. And, you know, just a basic function of supply and demand that drives those prices higher. But uh, I want to put the emphasis there that this was an April number. I suspect that we will see home prices for as May and June to get caught up with where we are right now. I suspect that we'll see this moderate quite a bit more um, as mortgage rates have gone up. So the average rate on a 30-year fixed rate mortgage uh, fell for the first time in four weeks, and it is now down to 5.84% for the week ending June 24th. Um, and that's down from 5.98 in the previous week. So uh, borrowing costs still remain close to levels that we haven't seen since 2008. So almost a 100% increase in mortgage rates uh, since the summer of last year, or actually the third, the fourth quarter of last year. So what that means to us, you know, in, in our uh, individual pocketbooks is that if you're in the home buying market, you know, a note is now going to have a cost increase of $60 a month for every $100,000 borrowed. So the median price of a home across the United States is $420,000. The um, the increase, if you got a mortgage at 3% versus a mortgage at almost 6%, is, about, is close to $750 a month. That is huge. Uh, consumer confidence, uh, as I mentioned before, has also slipped down under under 100. And we just have the numbers, the updated numbers for GDP for the first quarter of 2022. So, you know, right after the quarter ends, we get a report and then they come back and they give a revised report. And now this is the third look. So as they crunch those numbers and uh, get them more Accurate. So it was a little bit worse than what the second estimate was. The second estimate said that we, the U.S. economy shrank by 1.5% on an annualized rate, but the newest look is 10 basis points lower, and it says that the economy shrank at an annualized rate of 1.6%. So that's negative. So we technically could be in a recession right now because a recession is two consecutive quarters of negative GDP growth. So we saw that in the first quarter. Could be possible to see it now. But the bigger problem for us, you know, the thorn in our side really is inflation. And we experience that every day as we go to the grocery store, fill up our car, um, drive through fast food restaurants and, and everywhere else. So so we have the big 4th of July weekend this week. And, you know, as tradition would hold, most of us uh, barbecue and do things like that. So what are we expecting as we go get our meat to barbecue and our food and things like that? Well, beef pork, beef and pork are up and food in general is up about 10%. Beef and pork up about 12%. Wild chicken, if you're planning your menu, I'd go with the beef or pork. Chicken is up 24 to 38 percent over last year. 
So you may want to go with those other (laughs) menu items. So year over year, here's just a a look at some of the things that we've experienced since last year in inflation. Fuel oil up 107%. Energy up 35%. Used cars plus 16%. New cars 13% and food at 10%. So on a somewhat positive note, AAA gas prices went down again, another uh, two cents to $4.86. So we need to see those things come down quite a bit more before we get rid of this problem of inflation. But the Fed needs to, the Fed is is likely going to hike rates again at the July meeting. um, And the consensus looks about 75 basis points again, which they should probably do. Um, but they really need to get on the stick with this quantitative tightening that they promised was coming that they have not done. They have actually been increasing their balance sheet. So we have all of this money that was injected into the system from COVID. And, you know, that's really, in my opinion, that's what's driving inflation. So um, don't know that there's much that this current administration can or will do about it. There are things that they can do. They just won't do them because of their mission to save the earth. So I'm Shanna Burt. We'll be back after this. And we're going to go to the Ask Shanna segment part of the show where I answer some questions from partners. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Thank you for your services. And I just want to call to encourage everybody listening to become members. At Financial Issues Stewardship Ministries, our goal is to help Christians make financial decisions that honor God. I have never found anyone in the finance even Christians who have this passion and, and the honesty that you have, you're not taking anything in. It is incredibly generous of you what you're doing. Go to financialissues.org and become a partner today. People are talking a lot about healthcare these days. There are so many changes, so many questions. As Christians, where can we turn for answers? At Samaritan Ministries, we believe the answer is in Jesus Christ, working in the lives of His people, demonstrating Christian community by sharing each other's medical needs, scripturally, faithfully. Here's just part of Brett's story in his own words. When I reflect on Samaritan Ministries, the biggest thing that stands out to me is that we, as a body of believers, are living out New Testament Christianity. This idea that Samaritan has adopted from the book of Acts should permeate all parts of our lives, not just health sharing. It it, it has a profound impact on people like me and my wife. Brett is just one of more than 150,000 members who are sharing over $13 million in medical needs each month. If you'd like to experience what it's like to partner with other Christians for your health care needs and you'd like to see what other members are saying, visit MySamaritanStory.org. Have you ever thought about banking with a credit union instead of a traditional bank? Not really, but I think my parents have a credit union account. Do you know the difference between a bank and a credit union? No. Banks are owned by stockholders, so they do their best to make profits for them. But credit unions are owned by their members, and the members see their profits through lower rates and higher interest on savings accounts. And at Christian Community Credit Union, our mission is to help members and ministries become better stewards and achieve their financial goals. Our mobile and tablet apps provide easy, safe, and convenient banking. It's like banking at your fingertips 24-7. When you bank with us, you're banking with someone who shares your faith and values. 
To get started today, visit us online at mycccu.com. Christian Community Credit Union, your money building God's kingdom. I pray that in these trying times that I can lead him in a way that I know will leave a godly imprint on his heart forever. And And to show her how to live a life that is pure. I want her to understand how precious life is and to to take care of his body. To eat right and exercise and understand that his body is a temple temple of of God. God. I pray that our family will love Jesus, read his word daily, and obey his teaching. The values that we share should guide us in the way that we invest. Make sure that you are investing in companies whose policies and practices align with pro-life, pro-family values. Visit thetimothyplan.com or call for more information. Advance the kingdom in the way that you invest. Learn more about biblically responsible investing at financialissues.org. Now, back to Financial Issues Week in Review. Welcome back to Financial Issues. I am Shanna Burke, continuing on for Dan Celia, our founder who has gone into glory. And we are uh, at the Ask Shanna part of the show where I'm going to answer some questions that we've had come in from partners uh, right after I finish up my thoughts on the economic numbers that came out. So we were talking about mortgage rates. We were talking about the housing industry and how we're seeing costs go up there. We've seen mortgage Rates increased almost 100% since last year, going from uh, down, it dipped under 3% at one point to now uh, close to 6% if we're not over that uh, yet. So the National Association of Realtors chief economist said that despite the small gain in pending sales from the prior month, the housing market is clearly undergoing a transition. Contract signings are down sizably from a year ago because of much higher mortgage rates. So year-on-year pending home sales declined 13.6%. Now, don't freak out here. I don't think this is a necessarily a bad thing. We've seen an extraordinarily strong housing market in the last few years. Have we seen home prices go up dramatically? So it's not going to be such a bad thing to see that slow down. <clears throat> I don't expect to see another housing bubble like we saw back in 2008. I think things are much different than they are then. Um, you know, it's it's just like hurricanes. I live on the coast, so... Uh, That's a good analogy for me. They're never the same. You know, every storm has its its own set of uh, features that are different. And that's the same thing that we've seen in the financial industry as well as the market, the economy. You know, no storm is ever the same. We're always in uncharted territory. So we can look to history as some guides to see, you know, what happened um, during certain circumstances, and we can try to navigate through that. But, you know, the thing that we found the most value in is just taking a long-term approach to investing and not trying to get into timing the market or anything 
So I think home prices are going to stay much more stable. Um, higher market uh, mortgage rates will, of course, force more people into an already tight renter's market where renters have seen their costs go up by about 15%. And we're starting to hear about a lot of renters being in uh in default to being late on their rental payments. So that's going to put a damper on consumers' uh, discretionary income. Um, just like we've seen, the, the three major drivers are gasoline, groceries, and housing. So we saw wholesale and retail inventories come out today. They increased at a slower rate. That's a little bit of a good sign. So, Seth, let's get right to those questions on the Ask Shanna We've got uh, Becky saying, you may have answered this already, which I may have missed. Should I allocate precious metals in my portfolio? Silver looks like a good investment. If you think I should allocate some, where should I invest it? All right. So that's a question that we get a lot here about metals. Um, I think metals can be an okay part of a portfolio. But if you're going to use metals, I would hold them physically, um, I would, which means that you can't do them in your IRA because you just can't hold them physically. That way you have to pay storage fees. Um, Also, commissions are a major thing to consider as they're not really that heavily regulated. There are a lot of, as Dan used to call them, um, gold sales (laughs) predators out there, and they really take advantage of people, um, especially Christians. He used to talk about a lot how, how much money they were willing to pay to get his endorsement because they knew that he had a Christian audience. And so, um, okay, for maybe 5 to 10%, no more than that of your portfolio. And if you're going to do it, um, like I said, hold them uh, physically. The other way to do it is you'll notice in many of the models, and I'm trying to get the, the number here uh, for the mutual fund, there's a Timothy fund, and it's, it is uh, TM59. TM59, and you'll notice that on some of the older models, the allocation there has been increased recently. That fund actually holds physical metals. So it has some silver, some gold, and some inflation-protected things in it. It is designed to be very defensive. So, you know, in a market where, uh, you know, we have high inflation, we see the market going down, uh, that is a, a good play and a good way to hold it, a very uh, low effort way to hold it as well. You don't have to. And if you do go and buy gold, if you if you buy it over the phone, get ready for the phone calls because they will start coming in and never stop. So those are two things that you can consider. Awesome. Good stuff, Shannon. We've got Kenneth saying, I'm a longtime partner, 60 years old, plan to work to 70. I wonder what you think about the merger of E18 and E19. I know neither are on the buy list. Will it be a strong company? Will it still be biblically responsible? Okay, great question. So we are working hard to get that buy list going again. I haven't had a chance to dig really deep into the details of that merger. Um, Both companies are biblically responsible, so I would suspect that it would stay biblically responsible, but we will keep an eye on that for you. Um, As far as will it be a strong company or not, both companies' uh, earnings seem to be trending in the right direction, so I suspect that it will. Just stay tuned to the buy list. You know, we're getting that. We're going to get that going for you real soon. 
Good stuff, Shannon. And then we've also got Mark. He's saying, I'm retired from federal government, retired four years ago, finally transferred my TSP to a TD Ameritrade account, but it's still sitting in cash. I want to invest and I'm waiting for the updated buy list, but I've also been afraid to jump in the market with many economists predicting a recession or worse. I want to at least get the money out of cash uh, where it's earning nothing. My goal was and is to buy dividend paying stocks and use the dividends to supplement my pension. We are debt free. What is your advice? Okay, there's a lot in that question there. So sitting in cash, there are some things that you can do to improve your yield. You can start to look at the asset allocation model that you're going to follow, and you can start to, don't do it all at once, but dollar cost average in, that's a good principle for everything that you do as you build your portfolio. You know, you want to divide up what you're going to be investing over over the next nine or 12 months and systematically move in. If you wait, you're always going to be waiting. If the market's going lower, you're going to wait for it to go lower. If the market is going higher, then you're going to start to kick yourself and say, oh, well, I think it's going to go back down. So you'll end up doing nothing. So just be disciplined. Um, You know, dollar cost averaging helps you to lower your average cost because you're going to go in systematically once a month uh, on the same day. If you start today uh, on the 28th of next month, you know, put another ninth or 12th to work for you. So what you can work on right now until we get the buy list going in a couple of weeks is your cash positions, the defensive positions. So there's a defensive mutual fund that's there. There's also uh, ETFs in your model. I'm assuming that you're going to use the 65 into retirement model. So you can start to dollar cost average into your positions there. Those are going to be some things that you can work on right away. Um, you also, uh, I just want to address the part about the many economists predicting a recession. Well, you know, you're, that's true. Many economists are predicting a recession, but I would say I would hear equal numbers <clears throat> or almost equal numbers of those economists not predicting a recession. So in the short term, it's really hard. Predictions are, I mean, you can you can take them for what you want, everybody's got an opinion, and it's just, you know, the things that we hear on the news are mostly ratings-driven. So, you know, just like we want people to watch this show, we want to be saying something interesting, and the the major media outlets always want to try to um, give you things just to kind of hook you in and to, to get you listening and to really, you know, tell you what you want to hear one way or another. So if you look, you can find uh, economists or experts to back up just about any way that you want to feel. So I would say uh, don't pay as much attention to that. Uh, recession, we technically could be in a recession right now. A recession is two quarters of negative GDP growth. We had one quarter already at the beginning of this year. We'll find out here pretty soon in the next couple of weeks um, what the GDP reading for the second quarter is. And we could find out that we have technically been in a recession for six months already. We know that there's a lot of scary things out there. We know that there's softening in the economy. There's no doubt about that. But I think that there's always opportunities. I mean, you've got to, if you're going to, Uh, need income from a portfolio, you've got to do something. So the best thing to do is to have a conservative strategy, look for good, solid companies um, that are going to pay you dividends, and just be prepared to stick with it because with the good times come the bad times, and that's what, what makes an average. 
Good stuff, Shanna. Thank you. And we've got Sid saying, back sometime in the fall, Dan had us trim down our healthcare sector due to some regulations Biden was sure to enact. Due to trimming down the sector and the remaining stocks I held suffering substantially, my healthcare sector is in disarray. I'm sitting at 1.5% when I should be at 6%. Now, everything I read says how the healthcare sector is good to own in times of inflation because you have to pay their asking price due to the need. The question is this, should I try to dollar cost average in some of my remaining healthcare stocks now or just sit tight till the buy list is complete? I'm especially interested in knowing if I should dollar cost average in HC4. I'm three years from retirement. I don't see needing this money for another eight to 10 years. Thank you for sharing your advice and may God bless you. All right. Thank you for that. May God bless you too. Um, As far as HC4 goes, if you have um, enough room in that sector and if you have at least four, you know, three or four other healthcare stocks, then I would say it would be okay to average down in that particular position. So the most important thing is your allocation, making sure that you have proper diversification. Um, you really don't you really don't want to get less than about one percent uh, of your total portfolio in in any one position that tends to dilute things too much. If you have too many positions in a sector, that will also dilute things as well. So you're right. Uh, healthcare has tra- traditionally been a pretty defensive sector, meaning that when the market goes down or when the economy has weakness in it, there are things that tend to. Um, Excel, those are things that people are not going to stop spending money on, like utilities, food, um, you know, those staples, and healthcare is another defensive sector as well. Good stuff, Shanna. Thank you. We've got Timothy on Facebook saying, Good morning, everyone. Still praying, watching the Lord perform his great works in and through you and your sphere of influences while fulfilling the Great Commission making great stewardship disciples. Thanks for that, Timothy. That's good stuff. Yeah, that is good stuff, folks. And we just want to remind you that here at Financial Issues, that's what our goal is, to help you get your mind right about money, about whose it is, about what we're supposed to do with it. So the Lord in our day and age has set up a system where He, where we have paychecks, we have Social Security, we have investments, we have retirement accounts and all of that. And that is what meets our needs. But let's not get so focused on the gift and the way that the Lord is providing for us and keep our focus on the Lord who is the source of everything and provides for us. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Do you know what you are supporting when you purchase mutual funds and stocks? Think about it. When you invest in a company, you make a decision to support the things that that company supports. And it may not be things that you agree with. We had no idea that we were supporting things like abortion, gambling, and pornography. Thanks to financial issues, we have changed all of that and have never felt better about our money. We are honoring God. The best decision we have ever made. Financial Issues is a ministry teaching people like you how to invest biblically, responsibly, keeping your investments clear of companies that may support an ungodly agenda. Grow your money God's way. Learn more by going to financialissues.org. Become a partner. Honor God and take control of your finances. Financialissues.org.
India Partners is an international and humanitarian organization providing life-changing care to children and families in extreme poverty in India. Will you consider supporting India Partners? Your gift will provide food, education, medical care, counseling, and a way out of the red light district. Additionally, you can give to provide a family with safe and clean water. Go right now to indiapartners.org and learn more about how you can share the love of Christ and change the lives of people in India. Your gift is a tangible expression of faith and love for the ongoing ministry in India. Go to indiapartners.org. Now, back to Financial Issues Week in Review. Welcome back to Financial Issues. I am Shanna Burt. Sharon's calling us from Texas. Hi, Sharon. Thanks, Shanna. Thank you for taking my call. I have a a house in another state that um, I may be moving back into in six months, and I get daily calls from um, who knows who who (laughs) want to buy it as is. And I've been assaulted by people who say that I need to put some kind of insurance on it to protect the deed. My my specific question is, this house is in a trust. Is that any safer, or do you have an opinion on this insurance they're trying to sell that supposedly will keep it from being stolen, and then I get mortgages in my name and all this frightening outcome? Yeah, so, you know, unfortunately, that is a thing that people are being able to, to steal properties um, electronically, I guess, is, is the way to, to say it in a, in a world of increasing technology. Those things are happening more and more. So um, I would say that if the cost is reasonable, um, it may be an okay thing to do. Um, I don't know that it's super necessary, you know, if you want to... Um, just just check on the the title, you know, or the deed every year yourself, and just make sure because all of those things are are public. Okay. Are you any safer if you're living in the house? Are they only looking for houses that are empty at the moment? Um, I, I think you may be a little bit safer if you're living in the house, but you know that's just the world that we live in. We live in a fallen world, and that is what the enemy of our soul is always wanting to do: is to steal kill and destroy. But, you know, when Jesus left us, he said, you will have trouble in this world. That is my least favorite promise in the Bible. You know, Jesus says that we will have trouble in this world, but he said, rest assured, I have overcome the world. So just, um, you know, take encouragement, be encouraged in that and know that the Lord loves you and that, that he is watching out for you. Well, thank you, Shanna. I appreciate your help. Bless you for all you're doing for us. All right. Thanks for calling. We appreciate your support. 
All right. I think we've got some more on social, right, Seth? Yes, we do, Shanna. We've got Deborah on Facebook is saying good morning. Good morning to you, Deborah. John here saying thank you for continuing Dan's great work who, who helped others like myself keep the perspective of money where all things should come from our Savior, Jesus Christ. I have three teenage daughters, uh, 16 years old, who each have funds sitting in their individual money market accounts. Would you recommend I invest these funds according to the 20 to 35 allocation model? They each have $3,000 in their accounts. Okay. So, um, you know, I, I kind of key in there on the 15 to 20 years time horizon that they have. And that's real important if you're listening to this answer and trying to apply it to yourself. So because of the age of the girls and the time horizon that they have, I would say yes. I would say get that money to work sooner rather than later. You know, the younger you are, the less amount of time you need to dollar cost average in. So Typically, when I'm talking to somebody that says that they're wanting to get started, if they're 55 or older, I'm going to say right now, divide up what you have by at least 9 to 12 months. So take your total, divide it by 12, let's just say, and then you want to be very, very diligent in getting one-twelfth of that money invested uh, each month on the same day of the month, no matter what the market's doing, no matter whether it's up or down. So the younger you are, the less impact timing the market is going to have for you. So it doesn't matter if you get in over nine months or over three months. You know, when you look 15 to 20 years down the road, the difference in getting in uh, at the actually at a high or a low, even with the market being at a 30% spread right now, um, the difference 15 or 20 years down the road is not going to be very much at all. So because they're young, you know, you can shorten that time period and go in maybe over three months. Then we've got Samuel on the website from Texas saying, good morning, I'm a partner. Should we sell the companies that were once biblically responsible, but have now become woke and are flying the LGBT flag on their websites? Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> we monitor that. Um, you know, we our main concern is that they're using shareholder dollars to support those things. So we wish they wouldn't fly the flag or do anything. Speaking of, my pastor was in Houston this weekend and just happened to run across, you know, be there at the same time that they were having a gay pride celebration And it was down close to the Federal Reserve building in Houston. And, of course, the Federal Reserve is out there flying the gay pride flag as well. So that really gives us even more reason to be concerned about the judgment and the um, discretion of the Fed, which, although they are not technically a federal agency and, you know, they are supposed to be apolitical, uh, they are heavily influenced by what the government does and says. So I don't think that necessarily just flying the flag um, is an issue, but, you know, the deeper issues are when they use uh, the money that you steward, which is God's money, to, uh, to promote those things. 
Awesome. Good stuff, Shanna. You know, I'm glad you said that because oftentimes I forget myself, and I'm sure we all do too, the definition of biblically responsible, it's it's when they use company shareholder funds to support those things. So I, you know, I can remember Dan used to say, you know, it doesn't matter if the CEO of the company is using his own personal money for that. It's if they're using company money. So that's, I'm really glad that you said that. That's a, that's a good reminder. Right. And that's what we really push for is, you know, for corporations to stay out of the culture war, let the culture war be fought by the culture warriors, by individuals. We as Christians need to stand up and make our values known. <clears throat> but in the investing world, in the corporate world, we're just asking corporations, it's not hard. We're just asking you, do well what you do, whether that's flip a burger, refine gasoline, sell a service, fly airplanes, whatever it is that you do, just do it well. But the problem is, is that we've come into this kind of a marketing thing. You know, it's uh, lots of companies have been really pressured to say, you know, if you don't support our causes, you know, we have a, a, a large buying block and we're going to tell them that you're bigots and that you don't support us and, you know, we're going to shop somewhere else. Okay, that's fine. You know, boycotts, unfortunately, because, you know, we, we participated in those as well when Target did what they were doing with the bathroom mess. But, you know, boycotts don't tend to work super, super great. But I will tell you this, what affects companies is their bottom line. So we're seeing ESG kind of start to weaken and flop right now because they're backing off. You know, oil is not going anywhere. Um, you know, it's it's not becoming as popular anymore. You're not you're not hearing a whole lot about it um, because it's it's hard for them to make money. Now, their convictions aren't that strong because they're not grounded and rooted in something unshakable like faith in an everlasting God. So, you know, as biblically responsible investors, we just want the companies to stay neutral. Just do what you do, do it well, run a good company. Your mandate is to run a successful, profitable company. But then you have all of these activist uh, investors that are coming in too to try to convince these boards to become a public benefit corporation. So yes, in a capitalistic society, we have... People out there, <laughs> trying to use be kind and using my words here, but we have people out there that are trying to convince capitalistic companies to become nonprofit organizations. It's just, it's not going to work. You know, we've had so many social experiments with these different types of governments, Marxism and communism and socialism, and they just don't work, you know, so just craziness. What else do we have Absolutely. before I go down yeah. that rabbit trail? <laughs> it's good. No, hey, I love it, Shanna. And you know, you did use a kind word there to say people. I was thinking fools parade or morons <laughs> fools. or something like I that. I can use fools. <laughs> the Lord go. uses the word fools. That's and right. he says that too. He does. You know, he says that in the scripture so many times. So so fool is okay. Kind of reminds Amen. me of Mr. T, but Yeah, there you, you know. go. <laughs> that's good. That's good stuff. You know, the Lord does use fools, so we can we can use that. That's a that's a safe word. It's Amen. Um, that's right. And, he, and, he, and you know, he did it in love. And Jesus called people the sons of snakes, too. So there you go. Yes, he did. <laughs> and, you know, and I was reading in, um, I can't remember, I think it was Galatians, when Paul was talking to the um, the people there who were, they were trying to 
push legalism back on him and they're talking to him about cir- getting circumcised. And he went on to say, you know, I wish they'd just go all the way and emasculate themselves. Yeah, there you so go. Like, <laughs> okay, so, <laughs> so there's some pretty strong language. And Amen. we are called as Christians to be salty. You know, we're to be salt and light. We are to uh, proclaim the gospel, to proclaim the truth, to speak the truth boldly. But we speak the truth boldly in love. You know, because when God tells us to do something or to not do something, it's because He loves us and He wants to see us prosper. Those are His plans for us, to prosper us, to give us a hope and a future and not to harm us. So we would not be fools if we do what the Lord instructs us to do. And, you know, another note on this whole gay pride month that we're having here that, thank goodness, is almost over. Um, You know, they've hijacked the rainbow. The rainbow belongs to the Lord. The the rainbow is about the covenant that God made with His people, not about pride in sin. So it's very clear that the Scripture says that homosexuality is sin. And again, it's not judgment. We're not being bigots. We're not being ugly. But there are natural consequences to sin. And sin hurts people. So we want people to stop sinning so they'll stop being hurt. But that's the thing that we want to do and advocate here, not out of judgment, not out of legalism, not out of a religious spirit, but out of love of the Lord. And we want you to experience the, the love that the Lord has for you. So we want you to do what he says. So I'm Sheena Burt with Financial Issues. Oops, there's a piece I missed a little bit. Grandpa, why do we always pick up litter when we go hiking? Well, we're just making it nicer for people who come after us a little bit. It's called stewardship. My grandfather taught me that you should always leave a place better than you found it. That it's important to invest in the lives of your children and grandchildren, leaving them with a godly legacy they can build on. That's why I decided to set up a charitable gift annuity with the AFA Foundation. It's called stewardship. I know that my gift will support a ministry that honors the biblical principles I hold dear, and it's a way to invest in the future of our country. The AFA Foundation also arranged for me to have a steady fixed income, so I don't have to worry in the midst of changing times. Call the AFA Foundation today to find out how you can set up a charitable gift annuity. Just call 800-326-4543, extension 345. I got to hear how strong her heartbeat was. I was like, I felt like she was supposed to be here. And it didn't matter what anybody else told me. And all that mattered was that I was blessed with the ability to carry life inside of my body. And that baby was supposed to be here for something. And that was all that mattered. This is the story of a young lady who decided to keep her baby after hearing her baby's beautiful heartbeat on ultrasound. The Ministry of Preborn provides ultrasounds for pregnancy centers across America for free. When an abortion-minded woman hears her baby's heartbeat on ultrasound, she is 80% more likely to keep her baby. And the story doesn't end there. Your gift of $140 will cover the cost of five ultrasounds. All donations are tax deductible. You can help save a baby's life right here in America by donating to Preborn. To donate, dial pound 250 keyword baby, pound 250 baby, or donate securely at preborn.com. That's preborn.com. Do you know what you are supporting when you purchase mutual funds and stocks? 
Think about it. When you invest in a company, you make a decision to support the things that that company supports. And it may not be things that you agree with. We had no idea that we were supporting things like abortion, gambling, and pornography. Thanks to financial issues, we have changed all of that and have never felt better about our money. We are honoring God. The best decision we have ever made. Financial Issues is a ministry teaching people like you how to invest biblically, responsibly, keeping your investments clear of companies that may support an ungodly agenda. Grow your money God's way. Learn more by going to financialissues.org. Become a partner. Honor God and take control of your finances. Financialissues.org. Welcome to FISM News. I'm Ian Patrick. And I'm Samuel Case. Sometimes it's hard to keep up with the news of the day. At FISM News, we strive to report stories as clearly and simply as possible for your benefit. Stories that you need to know. You can watch us on FISM.tv and by downloading the FISM app. Also, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at FISM News. The opinions and recommendations expressed on this show do not necessarily represent the opinions of this station or any of the show's sponsors. Well, welcome back to Financial Issues. This is our last little segment for the day. Um, So (laughs) I'll give my disclaimer. I'm a financial advisor in private practice. Securities are offered through GA Repl and Company, a registered broker-dealer and investment advisor, members of FINRA and SIPC. Well, let's get right to calls. We have Mark, and Mark is calling from Alabama. Hi, Mark. Hey, Shannon. How are you? Better than I deserve. Oh, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. <laughs> Listen, I've been a listener for many, many years and a partner for a few years, and I'm 59 and a half as last March. And Dan had talked about taking money out of your IRA and going ahead and paying the taxes on it and get it in your, your account where it won't be affected by government changes on taxes. I was wondering how I might need to go about doing that. And... Right now, my wife and I are in the 24% bracket, and we're both be 60 this year. And uh, that 24% is 178000 for a couple, and our income's 108 last year. And I was thinking, well, if I could take 70000 out and pay the taxes, say $16,000, $17,000 taxes, now, while I'm able to pay the taxes on it, will they just take that... I can just take that out of my account and pay them at the end of the year when my taxes are due. It's counted as income, correct? It is. So when you take a distribution from an IRA and you're at least 59 and a half, you'll get a 1099 at the end of the tax year that reports that as ordinary income. So you'll just include that there with the rest of your income. And, you know, you laid it out pretty well. I mean, it's, you know, you can go up to the end of that tax bracket. So I'm in the camp. I believe taxes are going to be higher in the future than what they are right now. And the way that you win in a qualified account is to pay the least amount of taxes as possible. So if you have large balances, you know, especially if you have other income, like pension income, maybe some part-time income, if you've got rental income, whatever it might be that's going to keep you from ever getting down into a lower tax bracket, well, it just makes sense to go ahead and, and pay the taxes uh, unless you expect 
a drastic decline in income later down the road, it's best just to go ahead and do that. Now, I would say you want to leave some money in the IRA because when you're 70 and a half, another milestone, um, you'll be able to do your giving from your IRA. And at that point, uh, as long as the law stays the same, you'll be able to get the money out with zero taxes and you can't beat zero. That's that's true. That's true. I've got that set up where I can just write a check off of that when I get to that point. That's great. So, so would I would I be better off going ahead and doing that, or just kind of waiting because I see our income going down pretty drastically in the next couple of years? Well, you can do a little bit of both. I mean, I would do some now because uh, hopefully in the midterms we're going to see uh, a red wave come through and we're going to see some positive changes in this country, but. You know, if we don't see free and fair elections and the election doesn't turn out like it looks like it's going to, then I think the tax uh, taxes could go up. So I say it's best to take an opportunity now and do at least some of it and go ahead and pay the taxes. And then if you get into a lower tax bracket later, you would probably want to accelerate that. Okay, so I just do I just have it transferred to my account? Uh, you can do that uh, one of a couple of different ways. If you need to spend the money, you can have it just sent to your bank account and you can tell them how much to go ahead and send to the IRS for your federal taxes. And I don't know if you owe any, if you would owe any state taxes on that, you can have those withheld as well. And you want to make sure that you do that because if you end up um, not paying in enough taxes come tax time, you could have a little bit of a penalty. So I would suggest go ahead and send in at least some money in. The other way to do that, if you are not going to spend the money and you just you have investments that you like, you can do what's called an in-kind distribution where you just select certain positions or securities that you want to move out into a non-qualified account where, you know, if you're married, I would recommend setting up a, a joint account. Now, if you have a trust, you want to do it, you know, a trust account, but just do a, a, a joint non-qualified account. And the things that I would suggest moving out If you have any of the ETFs, those are great positions to move out first because they are very tax efficient. So um, especially if they're in the enhanced strategy, they have the ability to go to cash inside of that ETF without causing you any tax consequence. Because once you move it out, you're going to pay the the tax on the value of whatever you move out. But then once it's out in the non-qualified account, then it may be subject to capital gains down the road. So an ETF is just a really tax-efficient way um, to invest in that type of account. Okay. Thank you. Thank you very much, and God bless y'all. God bless you, too. Thanks for calling, Mark, and we appreciate your partnership so much. Well, I think we have uh, some questions there on social, right, Seth? Yes, we do, Shannon. we got some good stuff. Here's a great encouragement from Marquita on Facebook. She's saying, good morning, FISM family. You guys are doing an awesome job. We're continually lifting you up in prayer. Shanna, I believe you have crossed over to the morning rant. Sounds good. (laughs) We missed Dan, but he left us in great hands. Peace and blessings to Yvonne and the family and the FISM staff. Thank you, Marquita. (laughs) Thank you for that encouragement, and thank you for your prayers. 
Um, they are of utmost importance during this time of transition as we are finding our way, you know, with the sudden sudden loss of Dan. We sure do miss him, too, and I miss his morning rants, too. Those are some <laughs> big shoes that I don't know that I'll ever be able to fill, but we're, we're going to give it a good drop. <laughs> Amen. That's good stuff there. Uh, Chad is saying, Shanna, thanks for all you do. Would you ever consider having an allocation model in the 55-plus plans that don't include TPETFs, i.e. increased sector positions and equities? I could say we will consider it as we're, uh, you know, making some adjustments to the strategy. Um, But I really like the ETFs. They give you a really good core position. Um, you know, they're the they're the biblically responsible alternative to a sector uh, to an in- index fund. So it gives you a way to get diversified. Now, I mean, you can do this on your own. You you know, you can modify. You could just take whatever percentages in, is that's in the ETFs that you don't want to go into the ETFs, and then allocate them to the sectors, kind of as indicated. You know, if there's a a greater, you know, uh, if there's a greater allocation towards utilities, then you could, you know, just apply that same uh, percentage and, and just add to your to your sectors. Now, on the if you're using the the tracker, the portfolio tracker, it's going to show you to be a little bit out of sync. But you know, if you want to make that adjustment on your own, you can. Great. And then we've got Max saying, hi, Shanna and Seth. In my 401k, I contribute to a, to a target date fund, but still have positions in large, mid, small, and company fund. Should I sell those while they're down and buy into the market fund or wait until they go back up? Thanks and blessings. Yeah. So if you've decided on a strategy, the best thing that you can do is to execute that strategy. So there's no guarantee that um, those things will go back up within a certain amount of time. You could be sitting and waiting for a while. So if you have time to watch it, um, you could use that strategy. But if you're using the target dated fund, um, that's really going to be the the best strategy for a, a hands off approach. If you are in a four hundred one k and you're and you're using that, you just pick the date that most closely coincides with the date that you want to retire. So um, I don't really see any need to wait, but if you just feel like you'd be missing out on something, whatever you do, be disciplined about it. So if you say, I'm going to get it done in the next three months, well, each month on the same day for the next three months, move a third of it uh, back into that other position. That's how you can kind of dollar cost average out. And uh, concept works the same way. Good stuff, Shannon. Then we've got one more there. You can see Russell's question. He's just asking, is there a difference between C68 and TM59? There is not. They are actually the same thing, um, and they just show up in the two categories because uh, they are a mutual – it is a mutual fund, so it shows up in the mutual fund list, but it also shows up in the cash list because it's a very defensive position and could – almost be considered somewhat of a cash equivalent. So I will make note of that. And as we're doing some revisions on the partner side, you know, folks, we're, we're working really hard 
Stick with us if you're a partner. Good things are coming, I promise. Just stick with us. It's not that expensive to be a partner. Just $85 a year, $124 if you use the tracker. So we have to remember that everything that we have belongs to the Lord. We're just stewards of it. And we're here to help you with that, to help you be biblically responsible and to be a good steward. So I'm Sheena Burt with Financial Issues. If we ever forget that we're one nation under God, then we will be a nation gone under. Thank you for joining us. This has been an FISM production.